seven pitch. Harper hits one in the air, left center field, back it goes. Harper, the swing of his life. It is Bedlam at the bank. Swung on, hit it, crossed, and the Phillies are going to lead it. Four to nothing. Now Harper sends one in the air, way back to right center. Welcome back to the Warriors podcast. Colin Bailey with a very tired arm and Ben Goldstein. Let's go! My arm, my arm hasn't got an election all day. I am warmed up to wave this towel. Wow. Woo! They won the wild card, Ben. I'll tell you, I was impressed with the Bills. That was it. I like when they do the pregame thing and they show everybody showing the waving the towel. That's the coolest thing in sports. It is, yeah. I was real impressed by these fills, man. They were impressive all was, across the board. It was yeah. a dominant wild card. It wasn't even wild. It was wild by how dominant the Phillies were. It really, really was. I was, like I said, that was a 10 out of 10 series on part of the Philadelphia Phillies. Of course, you've got guys in there. Bryson Stott, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, huge, huge contributions from those guys. JT Romuto had a very, very good series. He's back. Um, offensively and defensively. Yep. He made some very um some very smooth plays in terms of the framing behind the plate. So definitely good signs from both of those two guys who kind of came into the series in a little bit of a slump. I think Stott more so than Real Muto. Um, yeah, Stott JT, was really struggling throughout yeah, the end. Ramuto inclined JT a little was, bit. Yeah, he was starting to heat up a little bit, but it really came together uh, in this wild card. And let's talk about yeah. Bryson Stott really quickly. Are you kidding me? A grand slam for his first career postseason home run? His first career grand slam comes in the postseason? Are you serious? Colin, did you see the video of the ESPN feed with no broadcasters? Unbelievable. There was more noise in that one than there was with actual people talking, Ben. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that that was that was just a storybook outcome for that game, right? Did you did Stott you watch that Stott, live? I did not. Oh no, you missed yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Oy. Dot has uh he's been that guy for us. Yeah. For for, for this year. It's really come out and has um has exceeded expectations and has been now, the quintessential example of the uh, the comeback step-up player that you didn't really expect and him having that big moment in the wild card series is just a very, very defining moment because, truthfully, I think that's going to get him the credit that he deserves in the league. Yeah, and he did the bat spike for Reese Hoskins, who left the night before. And also, he hit the grand slam on the first pitch where you're used to Bryson Stott drawing these at-bats out, doing these long at-bats, and he did the, he had this grand slam very unlike him on the first pitch. But I want to talk about some, someone else that drawed out their at-bats, and Johan Rojas. His first at-bat in the postseason was like a 10-11 pitch at-bat, and he was fouling balls off left and right. It was and, a and very it was impressive. Yeah, it was a very impressive at-bat from the rookie. 
Rojas has been good all year. I People complained about his offense because it was only singles, but it, what people discounted was the fact that his speed is ridiculous, right? Yeah. He gets incredibly good jumps, and if he hits a single, he's going to end up on second, sometimes even third, solid 50% of the time. So I'm more than content with what he's done for this Phillies team. And, I mean, play, if, you, if you can have success in the playoffs, that's one of the biggest challenges in, in all sports, right? Having success in an environment where the competition is increased, the pressure is increased, the stress is increased. Thanks. It shows how much a competitor he is. Yep. And, and it's not, this isn't just based off observation either. The Phillies players have mentioned, Nick Castellanos being one of them, how competitive and passionate Rojas is. And people might not want to admit it, but those things transfer over. Think about everything that we've learned about Orion Kirkering in the last few days. Uh, for those of you who have a subscription to The Athletic, there was a very good story published by by Matt Gelb about, I know, about um, about Kirkering and his dad and how his dad and his experiences growing up really influenced the way he, he's viewed baseball. And he has a thing that has some sort of correlation. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know Ryan Kirkering existed until about three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Um, and he, he's blown me away. His he gives you that ninety nine that ninety eight ninety nine mile per hour fastball and then just follows up with like an eighty five mile per hour sweeper that is just it's unhittable. He's an unhittable pitcher and I hope in this Brave series obviously he had a very soft landing into the postseason um on Wednesday night where the Phillies were up seven nothing and he was pitched a beautiful one two three inning. Um, I hope that maybe against the Braves, they start feeding him into a little bit of more of higher situation games. I mean, it might they might not do it in Atlanta, but maybe when he gets back to Philadelphia, where he might be a little more calm, cool, and collective uh, with his home crowd behind him, waving those rally towels, um, that they will put him into some high-pressure situations against this really good Braves offense. I, I think it would be the right move. I mean, I don't know if he's totally ready for it, but it's about it's time he they start putting him in some in some high leverage situations. I agree. However, I think that was a very very good spot for Kirkering. Oh his yeah, first his game. first postseason that you have to give him a soft landing, and they did that seven nothing game against the bottom of Atlanta's order, and he pitched right. a beautiful one two three inning. I think I think what really what really changes the perspective of it is the fact that it had meaning, right? Like if it was seven nothing the other direction. And that that game has no meaning, right? Kirk yeah. can go out there and allow another 15 runs in an inning and just not really going to change the outcome of the game. But he had a job to do there. A pl- any Every playoff team is capable of putting a seven spot on the board in the span of two innings. Kirk Ring's job was to go out there and make sure that didn't happen. If he, Basically what happened is they put him in a, I would say it was a high-pressure situation, right? It, it was wasn't, I mean, they, it wasn't it was a, high. It was a, hold on, it was a game where they could clinch. They yeah. had the lead. It was late in the game. But he was he was able to make a few mistakes. It was a very very which I'd like to say I actually have two things in this note. A, on a very general level, high level, great series by Rob Thompson. He was yes. incredible. He was really he good. Managed very well. Two. Secondly, this is just something that I noticed on Twitter or sorry X during game two, and it <laughs> made me so frustrated. People were like, "Oh, Kirkering's fastball is down to ninety six, ninety seven. I don't know if this was – I can't – was this – now I can't remember if this was uh, – if this was his last regular season outing or if it was his postseason outing. Um, they were saying, oh, it was fastball on 96-97. That is his regular fastball. 
He was just up in the – he just hit triple digits because of the adrenaline in his first game. He is a usually a 96-98 guy, so if I see that on Twitter, X, whatever we're going to call it, one more well, time. Well, you got to you got to quote the You got to quote tweet or quote post or whatever it's called um them and tell them that I just didn't this, have the energy. This 16-year-old more knows more than you. That's what you got to do. I was I did not have it in me. Speaking of 16-year-old, um with this last playoff series, I wore Philly stuff to school every single day and I didn't That's see up. I didn't see a lot of red. So do you I did not either. Yeah, I I had like, this conversation with my mom actually. We were saying, it was actually because like, a lot of red. Is, my mom's a school teacher. I was like, was there a lot of red in your school? She was like, no. I was like, mine either. Yeah, it's like although, everybody's a Phillies fan at my school, except for the you got Yankees, Mets, or whoever sprouting up out there. But it's mostly like even like the baseball players weren't wearing Philly stuff. Like they were wearing their school stuff. Like I thought it was weird that like. Even like I saw game one, I saw the most Philly stuff the day of yeah. on Tuesday. That was the most I saw. I saw, but like I saw maybe one. I was maybe me and another two or three other guys that wore a jersey at a game day both days, and then wore stuff after the game. Like, and I like I just thought it was weird. I would I even during the World Series I didn't see that much. Like I was expecting more. Um, Philly stuff worn by students, but I really, really didn't see that. I believe I wore a Philly thing every day except today. Um, um Monday, I think I, I, I did too. Yeah, I probably. Um, I think I probably did on Monday. I probably wore a hoodie. I don't remember. I did get some appreciation though on Wednesday because I wore a Nola. I I wore my Nola um shirt, so hey. there was there's some appreciation there. I, I wore think the teachers I only, in my school have been wearing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've a few of my teachers have been wearing stuff. My English teacher had a Phillies like button on her shirt, which was interesting. <laughs> uh, kept it minimal. Um, but anyway, back to uh, what that matters, baseball. Um, I want to talk about uh, let's talk about the starting pitchers from the uh, wild card. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola pitched their brains, their minds out. Colin, they were incredible. Yeah, they really were. I, I'm going to start with Wheeler. He kept everything. Um, it, first of all, his velocity was incredible. Oh, I mean, oh. he threw the hardest fastballs he has all season. He was locating very well. He was able to – his high his, – uh, his, um, his elevated fastball was very, very good on Tuesday, especially in the lefties. That was that was big for him, right? He's getting out lefties. Sometimes it's been a little bit of an issue for Zach Wheeler when he's going through his struggles, and he was able to have that, that elevated fastball – Proved very effective against uh against those aforementioned lefties. Slider was good. Sweeper, I think, was what was really really working for him. And like I mentioned in our pregame show, having the the different depths on his fastball and his slider sweeper combo is really really big for him. When he has them all working, he's so deceptive. He is the like I can see the pitch and I don't know why I'm not hitting a pitcher. So for those of you guys that play baseball, you you know exactly what I mean by that. Like that. I see the ball, and I know how the pitch is moving, and I still can't hit it. What is going on? Wheeler is that pitcher. In game two, Aaron Nola had a very, very simple narrative. He kept everything down. He kept everything down. Fastball was low. Curveball was low. He didn't hang any curveballs. The thing with Nola is his curveball is very effective when it's not in the box. If the curveball ends in the box, it's going to end up in the box seats in the outfield. Yeah. That's not a thing, actually, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> we get your they point. are going to maybe in, Tor- in maybe in Toronto they go into the hotels. 
they would go into the the the, uh, the decks of the hotels. That's that is exactly true. Hopefully, the Phillies end up in Toronto. You know why, Ben? Well, the Blue Jays are out, so. Oh, that's true. I was gonna say that would mean we're in the World Series, but I did forget about that. Yeah, um, yeah, they got swept. How about that? Every wild card series ended in a sweep. I found that very unexciting. The MLB kind of do a little rigging or something, making Brewers Diamondbacks three games. Like, come on. I thought Brewers Diamondbacks were going to be a good series. But... Uh, yeah. Diamondbacks kind of killed the Brewers a little bit. Um, I thought Twins Blue Jays could have gone three. Um, no, Twins are so much better than Blue Jays. Nah, I was. I don't know if that yeah. high powered Blue Blue Jays offense was going to do something. Nah, Twins. I, I'm also. I also like the Blue Jays. The so. Twins have two really good pitchers. Sure. And I'm very happy that the Rays are out. Um, that was their 19,000 attendance was so bad for baseball, so bad. And the fact that they're building a whole new stadium that's like three billion dollars, but they're staying the same. Pete, I think it's it's ridiculous. I don't like you're drawing the worst attendance in baseball, other than the Athletics, which is a whole nother situation. And you're gonna keep, and you're gonna stay in the same location, really. Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense in my opinion, but hey, who am I? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, right, look, Phillies, Phillies draw up 46,000 a night, so. No Can't say I'm surprised. No. Let's take a look ahead to the National League Division Series Woo! starting in the not-so-great state of Atlanta. It's a, uh, Atlanta's a city. Oops, I did not just say that out loud, did I? Yeah. <laughs> we can cut that part out if the need. No, arises. that's that's um, not that's staying in. Anyway, uh they're playing in All right, take two. Georgia. We are we are heading the not so great state of Georgia. And uh <laughs> now a mess. To take on the Braves, Ranger Suarez is pitching game Uno for the Fightings. Ben, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I like it. Uh, Ranger Suarez is he pitched very good against Atlanta earlier this year. He only allowed one run. Um, and then last season when he pitched in Atlanta in Game One, he was um he got himself in some trouble. He only pitched three innings, but he also only allowed a run. Um, when he had the bases loaded like two or three times, so he was able to work his way out of it. Rangers also a guy that he's just so calm. Tom McCarthy says it all the time. I think it's his favorite saying: "Cool as a cucumber." Um, so I just, he's kind of, he's a good guy to go, Atlanta, the, the Braves Stadium, Tribus Park, it's a great stadium, um, I've never been, but from what I've seen, it looks beautiful, um, they get loud, um, the chop gets loud, um, other, that's the only good part about the fan base is they get loud when it's sold out, unlike last year where they didn't even sell out for game one, um, but it's, it's a good crowd over there, um, and, and Ranger Suarez, we were able to, not show any emotion. He'll stay cool. He'll still calm. Um, he said in his press conference today, I was listening to before we started the show, um, the one thing he wanted to change from performance last year is he wanted to go more innings. Uh, he said he wants to go five or six tomorrow instead of just three like he did his last outing. And if he can, if he can command against this Atlanta Braves offense, he will definitely be able to go five or six. So my question for you is, are you at all concerned about um, the fact of how well the Braves have hit lefties this season. Yeah, but, I mean, Ranger Suarez or Christopher Sanchez was really your only option to pitch in this game. Because um, okay. you can't throw Tylen Walker out there because Tylen Walker sucks. 
uh, Michael Lorenzen's bullpen pitcher. I think they were pretty close to putting Walker out there. I think, I think are... that I don't. Th- I think Rob Thomas was going Major Suarez the whole way. I don't think there he was. He was. Any... I agree. Yeah, there was no second thought in his mind about going anywhere other than Major Suarez. Which I think Christopher Sanchez should have been in the conversation, but Major Suarez is so calm and cool that he's built to pitch in these big game ones in Atlanta against such a good offense. Yes, they've killed lefties, but um. That was in the regular season. This is the postseason. Things change. I agree. So there are no couple things on that front. All I am a huge Sanchez guy, but I do not think this is the situation for him. I think Suarez is the right call. Something that Corey Seidman mentioned this morning is um I think I lost it, but anyway, Sanchez threw 156 pet. 156 pitches against the Braves in September. So they've had a very good look at his breaking balls, yep. the way he locates his fastball. They have a lot of data on him. So I'm not sure if this, if this would be the right situation to use him in a bulk role. Mm. Um, but if it's the NLCS, I would be totally for that. Yeah, you can piggyback Ranger Suarez and Christopher Sanchez there, um, which I would be a fan of against a team like the Dodgers or the Diamondbacks. Um, I there's just I is there a single possibility that the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers? No. Yeah, I don't think there's any shot. Um, but I think we've been you've been saying it for a while. Ricky Bo said it. Whoever wins this National League Divisional Series is winning the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like the Braves, 104 wins. They tied the record for the most home runs in a single season in Major League Baseball history. And then you got the Philadelphia Phillies who are built for the postseason. They have a very high-powered offense. Their starting pitching is very good. Um, deep. Yeah, they're very – they're deep. They're loaded. Uh, their bullpen is good. Um, I I, um, I think it's – this is going – this might – this has the possibility to be one of the best series in baseball history, um, this series. I hope – I hope it, um, it doesn't go the distance to five, but – um, it has it definitely has the possibility to, um. Uh, but I'm gonna let's before we get to the later. Um, the Phillies are starting Wheeler game two, Nola game three back in Philly. I'm assuming that they'll throw we uh Suarez out there game four again, and the game five is gonna be Zach Wheeler. Um, probably. Although I kind of like going Nola there, but whatever. Um, what are your thoughts on the pitching rotation for the NLDS? Good. So it should be. I have no complaints here. Um, I I think it's awesome that Aaron Nola is going to start the first NLDS home game. I think it's, that's pretty too. cool for for him and for the organization. I'm going to mention the bullpen for a second because you did you did uh, comment on that briefly. This is something that Matt Matt Winkleman put up uh, just a couple minutes ago, actually. Matt Winkleman. Um, Philly's bullpen relief pitchers by average fastball velocity since the start of September. How do you spell so Winkleman? It, what? How do you spell Winkleman? W-I-N-K. I found that. So actually, Gregory Soto leads at 98.9, followed by Alvarado. I'm going to round the numbers up here. Soto at 99, Alvarado and Kirkering at 98, Dominguez at 97, Hoffman at 97, Kimbrell at 96, and Strom at 94. Um, and for a serious comparison, the Braves top out at 96, A.J. Minter. Wow. So, so, so something to note, to put this into some context, Atlanta is 
Atlanta has the second highest slugging off fastballs greater than 97 miles per hour and is first versus fastballs less than 97 miles per hour. So the Phillies are slugging 485 on fastballs that are less than 97 miles per hour. So that is definitely something to consider heading into the series that I do think there is a good chance that if the Phillies can get the Striders and the Freeds out of the game, and they should be able to find some success against the Braves bullpen. We've seen yeah. guys on this team have success against Rafael Iglesias. Kenley Jansen's not on the Braves anymore, but in the past, he was a uh, he was a uh, a common victim, I guess I'll say, of being of being overtaken by the Phillies late in the game. Yeah, um, that's really the only way the Phillies are going to win this game is if they can get the starter out early. Um, you saw it last year, especially in NLDS Game 3. They got Strider out of the game in three innings. Um, and then they won that game, what was it, like 10-1 or something crazy like that? The pitching is probably not going to hold the Braves a ton. Yeah, um, so if they can get these guys, like the only way they beat Strider is they get him out early. Um, that's what they have to do Game 1 on Saturday. With Strider on the mound, just chip, 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 get his pitch count out there and get him out of the game. Do it with Max Fried. Have we seen Max Fried all season? I don't think so. Yeah, I he's, know been, there, there he's been, been like out all year. Issues with him. Yeah, so um, I don't, I don't remember I'm not seeing totally Max. Sure. I don't think we've seen Max Fried all year. So I get, but we've seen him so many times. We know it's going to be coming from him. Um, and then I don't the, the hill. I what is he started game two? I think so. And the, the Braves have not officially announced anything yet, um, but it does look like Strider is going to throw game one. Yeah, Strider will be game one, which means he's also pitching game four. Um, and then Max Fried game two, probably. So he'll be game five. And then game three, we'll see what happens. Um, but the Phillies, they, they, the Phillies can, with how they played, I know it's the Miami Marlins, but with how they played the Marlins, they're looking unstoppable right now, and the only team that maybe can stop them is the Atlanta Braves, who I, a lot of people are saying are also unstoppable. But if they can get past the Atlanta Braves, they might they might force Red October to Red November, and we might have a parade on Broad Street. Yeah, I think you I think you make a good point. I do. Right now, the Phillies have all the momentum. Right, they're going. The Braves are in their home ballpark. They have a, let me think, the Phillies ended the season nine. They have 14 more wins than the Phillies do. They haven't played in a week. They are the probably coming into this series. They have a chop. They're probably coming into this series overly comfortable. If the Phillies can jump on that, the series is all theirs. If they can't, we will have our end of the season podcast next well, Thursday. I don't want to hear that. I'm just telling you the truth. I think whoever wins the first game wins the series. Yeah. I'm just going to let you know that straight up. Well, if the Phillies can take one in Atlanta, which they need to do if they need a shot at winning the series, if they take one in Atlanta, they're winning the series. That's what it comes down to. You need, you need to take at least one game in Atlanta. They did that last year. They took game one. The Nick Castellanos sliding catch game to win it. Game two, they lost, but they came into Philadelphia game three and four and absolutely destructed. They took the Braves apart piece by piece. And so did 45,000 plus, including me 
in attendance that game. Section 302, row one. Well said, Ben. Actually, um, no, I was in row two. I was in row two. There was section 302. We started at 306. We headed up at 302 because there were two rows empty in section 302. Row one and row two were completely empty. So the whole pandemic crew went there and we watched the game. And yeah, it was, it was a fun time. I Very guess nice. where I'll be for game four in the NLDS. I'll be at Citizens Bank Park. And you want to know how I got those tickets, Colin? Oh, I knew you had. You were going to set me up. How, Ben? I used – I actually won the Phillies lottery um, to uh, to get those tickets. So that was pretty cool. But if you didn't win the lottery and you want to get to a game, you use SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the easiest and best way to get your tickets, especially for a, such a high-valued event. Like the Phillies postseason. All you got to do is download the SeatGeek app on any of your devices. Um, at checkout, you're going to use code Philly Sports Report. Um, P-H-I-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S-E-R-E-P-O-R-T. No S. Hold that S, Colin. Hold it. Uh, there's a, you can, uh, no spaces. Um, it's just, it's all, it's actually in the description of the YouTube video, the link, and um, it's, should be in the description of the podcast, um, on podcast app. So uh, use code Philly Sports Support. You save twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. These these tickets are so expensive. We got so lucky. We got standing room only for eighty bucks a ticket. Wow! So we got so lucky winning that lottery. And if you were not fortunate enough, um, you got to spend a lot of money on tickets. Twenty dollars, you're saving. So uh, use code Philly Sports Support. You save twenty dollars off your first purchase of SeatGeek. Um. So yeah. So if you want to get to a game, you just go to Philly Sports Sport. Colin. All right, Ben, we're going to play a game. Oh, no. I got eight teams. Eight. The game day MLB ranked them via fan graphs. Uh, 2023 World Series odds. Who, what's your, who, who's the number one, you think, on this list via fan graphs? All right, number one's the Atlanta Braves. Coming in at 27.5%. Yeah. I can tell you right now that is by far the highest margin of any of the positions on here. Okay. Who's coming in at number two? The Dodgers. No. 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 Who is it? The Houston Astros at 17.1%. Really? Mm hmm. Wow. Who do you think is number three? All right, is number three the Dodgers? It is. They're going to be oh, yeah. at 13.6. Really? They put the follow... Astros that high? I'm surprised. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's because they were there last year. And they've also made seven ALCSs in the dynasty right now in baseball. Makes sense. Well, there's that too. Um, coming in at 11.5% and number four via fan graphs, who's that? Is that the Phillies? It is. There you go. Number five, 10.7%. It's a Baltimore. It's not. Is it an American League team? It is. Okay, so the three seed from the AO Central was the Twins. Definitely, Is it the Texas Rangers? Is it the Twins? Really? 11% essentially. Wow. I did not Texas expect Rangers. it to be the Twins all the way up there. 
The Texas Rangers are at 8.2%. Who do you think is at 5.8%? Really? They put Baltimore all the way down there? They did not. Are the Baltimore Orioles last? They are. What? <laughs> at 5.6% and 8 of 8 of 8 are the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, no. I know. My Orioles? Our Orioles. Oh. I want a Phillies Orioles World Series so mm. bad. So I bad. It would be so fun. And we win that series too. So <laughs> <laughs> The Orioles are I would be rooting back. for the Orioles if they make it, if we don't make it. Oh, absolutely. That's... They're my second team in this uh in this round, in this World Series or this playoffs whatever. I also mm. like uh the Snakes. You're a Diamondbacks guy? Yeah, sure. Why is that? Uh, I like Carol. I like John Boy Media, and I'm a big Talking Jake fan. And he, it's his, it's the Jake Snakes. So, go Diamondbacks, I guess. Also, I, I know people. I know, I know people from Arizona. So, there. Bryce Harper announced as a finalist for the 25th annual Hank Aaron Award. Something we can keep an eye on as we. Rest along with Jordan Alvarez. What, what's the Hank Aaron Award for? Is the most outstanding offensive performer in each league. They put Bryce Harper? He's been good this year. <laughs> if you, if you, I mean, he's not going to win. I... If you look at the, no, if you look at the league stats, he's like top 10 in a couple categories. All right. I know he's up there in average OPS. I mean, it's it's a pretty long list, too. The National League has Acuna, Olsen, Carroll. Oh. I think Bellinger, I know who's going to win. Betts, Freeman, Arise, Harper, and Soto. It's basically like the offensive MVP, and it's going to be Vama Cunha Jr. That's correct. Awesome. Better be. All right. Anyway, um, let's look at the uh, NLDS once more. Um, you put out a tweet. I finally convinced Colin that home field advantage is a real thing. The Braves have played at Citizens Bank Park before in the postseason. They did it last year, and they did not know how to handle it. They were shook. Bro, Buck, or what's the Orioles manager's name? Uh, Brian Hyde. No. Orioles, you're asking? No, the Braves, not the Orioles. Oh, Brian Snicker. Brian Snicker. I don't know why I was blanking on that. Uh, Snicker, he um, he, he was probably the one that called playing at Citizens Bank Park's uh, four hours of hell. Um, it's now been reduced to about three hours because thanks to the pitch clock. Um, but I will they be able to handle it now that they know what's going on, or will they still be a little bit shook with a uh, forty-five thousand people yelling at them? Also, with Spencer Strider pitching Game Four if necessary, and him stating that he hates fans. That was a weird interview. That was so weird, and he wasn't even joking because if he was joking around. You would see a smirk on his face. We would know, and he didn't do any of it. It was very, very odd. Yeah, I, I've heard from a couple sources that he's a very, very, uh, what's the word? I'll, not a, it's like the opposite of it. He's a very dull person, from what I understand. Uh, that makes about that makes some sense. Even though you would Apparently think he'd be fun because of the mustache too. What he's no. Apparently, he was talking to the kid reporter. At the world's at the All Star game, who was like, like ten, maybe no, younger than ten, maybe like 
eight or nine, maybe like seven to eight, I'd say, um, about the physics of pitching. Using words oh, I did. I, I did see that. Yeah. So he's just a weird guy. So um, how will the Braves handle Citizens Bank Park in their second round in the postseason? You want to hear my prediction, Ben? Let's hear it. They're not. Yeah! I convinced Colin that home field matters. Let's I think go. You might have. I think you might have. Let's go. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to give you this one. Um, I I I think the Phillies are gonna take the series in four. I get to see a clincher? You do. Yes! I will say that it would be kind of funny if they win in three and you keep getting tickets for all these series and you never get to go. All right, here's the thing. I got the wild. I got the wild card game through tickets. We didn't. These tickets were not provided to us. We got refunded for our last ticket, so we had to uh, sprawl out for these tickets, um, which is very unfortunate. And I swear to God, if the Phillies sweep the Braves, we have to do it again. I'm gonna freak out. Um, but the Phillies are not gonna sweep the Braves. They're gonna win in four. The Phillies are winning the series at four. I can see a clincher. All they have to do is win one game in Atlanta. One game. And we're going to the NLCS. One game is all they have to win. I mean, God forbid some something happens at the bank. I don't think so. I don't think the Braves are built. I don't think the Braves are I don't think the Braves are good enough to beat the Phillies right now. Their offense is so good, but the Phillies offense is so good. That they can destroy their pitching. And the Phillies pitching is so good right now, they're a lot different team than in the regular season. Um, I know we're I don't know we only face the Marlins, who are one of the more lousier offenses in the league, but they absolutely killed them. So also I really want to win this series because of what the uh the Braves uh mascot said on Twitter today. That really pissed me off. Did you see that? Uh I I I heard about it. I have not gone and read it yet, but I will definitely be doing it. He um basically to sum it up, um, the blooper who's basically just a carbon copy, the Philly fanatic. He has the tongue things that comes out of his ears. He does the same things. He insulted the fanatic by calling him old, uh, saying he's only famous because he is old, um, and that we if it's like us saying that the Dallas Cowboys fans only enjoy their good old days um, and they have to watch on a VHS tape. He's basically saying that with the Fanatic, that all of his highlights are in black and white, which is, by the way, that's not true because he was invented. He came out in 1978 and there was color TVs, by the way. So I think you mean he was born in 1978. He was born in 1978. My man was genetically made. Like, they were gametes that went into this. I'm, I'm not... Yeah, Phoebe, Phoebe and Bill Giles um, are exactly. the mother and father of the Fanatic. Now, I watched this video of the Fanatic getting, like, there was, like, this Fanatic video from, like, when the Phillies played at the vet that I had. Um, and it was, like, the day the Fanatic got born and you got Phoebe and Bill Giles in the hospital. It was very interesting. Um, the Phoebe's the Fanatic's mom, by the way. So. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, ben, the umpire assignment just came out for the Wild – or, sorry, the division series between the Braves and Phillies. Is it bad? Um, I haven't looked on umpirescorecards.com yet, which we're not sponsored by them. Would love to be. We're not, but we're not. Um, so I don't, I don't know for sure, but I don't think it's terrible. Brian O'Nora is behind the home, behind the, uh, edition game one, followed by Ben May, 
crew chief Mark Carlson, David Rackley, Chris Guccione in game five, and then Ramon DeJesus will not have uh, – he's not going to have home plate at all. So, yeah, it's going to be – it will be interesting to see. Um. Oh, Nor is usually pretty good. I think May is good. Yeah, Um. I also thought that these umpires against the Marlins were going to be somewhat decent because I'd never heard of them before. Man, they were terrible. Uh, Stu Sherwater is usually pretty average. I don't remember who it was the second game. The guy behind home plate, it was one of the games. He was horrible. I don't remember which game it was. But, man, it was embarrassing. Let's see. Doug Eddings, yeah, he's not usually good. He was 90% accurate. Plus point six three runs toward the Phillies. All right, so I'm his reading something. Strike, his called strike accuracy was only eighty one percent. All right, I'm reading that Ramon de Huse, uh, sucks. Uh, Brian Enora, this guy doesn't know. Um, Onara is in the bottom five in the bottom ten in accuracy. Brian Onara behind the plate. And he's doing first base. Um, he'll be behind home plate in game two. So, yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to have to put a bow tie on this. We will talk to y'all. Ooh, so, what's your that. official prediction? In four. Also, Phil's in four. Thank you for watching and listening. Go follow us on social media. Uh, go check out phillysportsports.com. Follow us. All links in the description on YouTube. Thank you for listening to episode number 39.